0: This is Ida and I'm
1: Sam hey. and welcome back to our podcast over a cup where we bring in a special guest and we engage with them to gain a little more experience, perspective and to have a little fun.
0: Today's guest is Dr. Soumya Rao a medical doctor and a qualified psychiatrist practicing in Bangalore. She's a holistic practitioner who combines the principles of psychology with spirituality. She's experienced in guiding her clients to heal emotionally by combining psychotherapy with somatic therapies. Personally, she believes that the recipe of a joyful living is in being open-minded and following one's heart. Welcome to our podcast.
2: Thank you, Ida. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. And I'm very excited to have this conversation with you this morning.
1: So what do you have in your cup there?
2: Oh, I have this quintessential cup of chai, because this is something that I have grown up having every single day for the past 40 years. So, yes, this is like my lifeline, first thing in the morning. So, yeah, a cup of chai.
0: Uh, makes sense. Chai is I go-to drink, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: So we just wanted to understand what really brought you to this point. What is your past with um, psychology and spirituality? And was there a triggering moment that got you interested in this? Or was it just there in your life when you decided to pursue it further?
2: Um, I would say there is a bit of a story to this. Uh, Multiple triggers, multiple points in my life which you know uh, in hindsight i look at various serendipitous moments um it kind of started uh, way back when i was 18 i would say when i joined med school and uh, it's also the same time when i kind of got introduced to some spiritual uh, you know background and spiritual books through my cousin and also my mom talking about a lot of spiritual stuff at home So growing up in a very uh, traditional South Indian Hindu family with people all the time talking about, you know, karma and reincarnation and stuff like, you know, how, how we need to kind of connect to ourselves and become more conscious, you know, this kind of talk kept happening. So when I was in med school, there were kind of books lying around where I used to just browse once in a while about spirituality and stuff. But at the same time, it's it's so interesting how some books on psychology kept coming into my life, either through gifts or some neighbor, you know, referring it to a book that he had read. And he would say, you know, this is a very interesting book. Maybe you want to give it a read. So it kind of started like that either. And then I kept picking it up one after the other. And, um, you know, it's one thing which led to another And even in med school, I realized at the end of it, just knowing about the body and treating it as a piecemeal and just focusing on the organ systems alone is not going to be a healing process. Maybe we have to focus on the mind aspect as well because MBBS doesn't really give too much importance to psychiatry or psychology. We don't necessarily read it as a subject. So I was like naturally curious to kind of, Uh, you know foray into psychiatry and that's how I ended up in psychiatry and um, I thought okay this is like a combination of mind body thing so we need to know what's going on in the body and then we need to kind of add the mind angle to it so that was my basic fundamental thought process when I was in mid school so that's how I got into psychiatry and uh, from psychiatry it kind of made me feel okay this is good enough to know what's going on with the mind but there is something beyond the mind and the body there is this soul angle and the spirit angle that yoga philosophy talks about and how it talks about mind and body being aligned with the spirit and talks that it you know, talks about how healing happens completely when you bring the body mind soul together so and with this whole conversation about hinduism and reincarnation and stuff like that led me into this whole spiritual sciences aspect of it And yeah, that's how the journey kept happening. And then I kept taking along whatever came along the way. And then I picked books and I kept reading them. And one led to another. Yeah, that's how it's been for the last 20 years, I would say.
1: So you've clearly been very invested in the study of the mind and the body. So what is your understanding of spirituality? What does it mean to you?
2: um i would say spirituality is pretty much the um basis on uh, you know basis of life itself you know spirituality is something which helps you to kind of discover oneself and you go on a path of being more conscious of who you are and you start to self-explore and you experiment and you you know, you do the things that kind of helps you to grow as an individual and evolve, you become a lot more connected to who you are and why you are here. You know, you ask all these existential questions. What am I doing here? And what is my purpose? And why do I feel the way I feel? And why are the things that happen to me? Why are they happening in the first place? You know, all these questions, which are why, you know, why is of life, the W-H-Y, And when you kind of continue to seek answers to these questions, uh, you you know, you kind of go on a path of self-discovery. And spirituality, to me, has been personally a journey of self-discovery and self-inquiry and wondering about why something's happened and why things are the way they are. And in this whole process, you realize that, you know, you begin to kind of understand a bit about where the mind, body and the whole spirit angle kind of coincides and they kind of merge to be, you know, a sort of one unit. And they are not actually, you know, separate. You realize that they're all one. And it's just that over a period of time, we have disconnected from these aspects and we separately see the body and mind and the spirit. So it is something that helps you to bring coherence. Spirituality actually helps you to become a lot more grounded In your body, and it kind of helps you to focus a lot more about your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions. And it helps you to become a lot more conscious of how you are, mind wise. And you also connect to this higher dimension that is governing all of life. And it kind of helps you to become connected to that higher dimension. And you feel somewhere that your life starts to get guided, you feel everything is in flow. And you surrender to the higher dimension and it carries you, literally carries you through life. And you realize that life has actually been beautiful despite its difficulties and its ups and downs because you were pretty much unconscious for most part of it. It's only when you become more conscious of the flow and the surrender and the higher dimension which has carried you through is when it all kind of falls together. So spirituality is all about discovering that aspect where you realize that life is a flow and we just keep on learning and we keep on journeying through it so it's 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 that that's what it kind of means to me when i say uh you know being spiritual is all about yeah and psychology and the body is an integral part of it it is not separate that's yeah, a that's
0: beautiful I mean. process both me and sam are also into spirituality i think one of the things we uh, really um Uh, understood was that you kept asking about why you and the idea that question why keeps coming up throughout on that path of spirituality so why do you think spirituality or aspects of it um, came to you and found you particularly especially at the point of time that you were in
2: Um, okay now this is a bit of a tricky question to answer Because I've never really thought about uh, the way you're putting it across. I think I just went with the flow either. Pretty much went with the flow for the last so many years. And um, I kept discovering things along the way. And I wouldn't say spirituality kind of came to me. It was, I think, somewhere um, woven into the fabric of, uh, you know, who I was. And I think the fact that I was also raised in a very a uh, spiritual family who used to kind of all the time discuss matters like this. It became a very unconscious part of my journey, I think, when I was growing up as a child. And I remember very early on asking, why am I different compared to my you know, sibling? And why some things are happening to me, which is different from the other person? So I think I just followed that. And if you ask me, it is only in hindsight in the last few years Uh, through my work, of course, for the last 10 years of my work that I realized that my journey in spirituality had kind of started very early on. It's just that I didn't know that. And it's only through my trainings and workshops and meeting a lot of other people in the field of spirituality and spiritual practices, I realized that everything that I had kind of somewhere been exploring and seeking and being curious about were all part of what we call as spirituality Um, so I would like to kind of you know put it that way because I never really questioned it I never really sought spiritual books myself Uh, a lot of psychology books came into my life and which kind of introduced me into very deeper spiritual aspects for instance I'll tell you you might be able to relate to this book you may have heard about it I don't know there is this book by Dr. Scott Peck which is called as road less traveled Yeah, so this was a book that came to me as a birthday gift and it very clearly said that this book has psychology and spiritual values in it. So for me, it was interesting. It was a gift that my friends gave me and I just went through it and it was beautiful. It introduced me to the world of psychology and the mind and human nature and etc, etc. It was also beautifully interwoven with all the spiritual values. So I didn't necessarily kind of, you know, pay attention too much about what art was spiritual, but it really fascinated me that it's so important for us to be conscious and focus on why we think and feel the way we do and what what makes up a personality, why a person feels or behaves in a certain way, and what's human nature all about and what's the human purpose all about. So I kind of kept myself to that rather than really uh, thinking about the way you put it across to me as to how spirituality came into my life so I think it's just been as I said a flow all, all these years so um, we did some uh,
1: research into your background and we learned that you do hypnotherapy and you do Reiki
2: so for our mm-hmm. viewers who don't
1: know what this is how would you explain
2: okay um, see hypnotherapy is a tool and uh, it's a very simple and a very powerful tool at the same time because hypnotherapy is uh, one of those tools which help us access to some of our very deeper uh, subconscious uh, ex- existence because see everything that we experience we you know store it we register it in our subconscious mind and for instance you learn driving yeah and in, in and when you are in a driving class you are picking up skills consciously you know what you're doing and your instructor is telling you but after a point in time when you sit in a car and you start driving it becomes a subconscious experience pretty much the same thing with swimming and cycling or even writing or anything so it becomes a muscle memory it becomes a body memory so that is stored in your subconscious mind so similarly every experience that you've had mentally emotionally as a child is registered subconsciously. It kind of gets buried somewhere. It's like a file which is stacked somewhere really deep uh, underneath, you know, in that file cabinet. And um, you kind of want to access it at some point in time in your life because the answer to some question lies in that particular file, lying right underneath, very deep in a file cabinet. And you want to take that file out. You want to open it see what happened back then and understand why something is happening now. So hypnotherapy is a tool which helps you to relax. Somewhere put the conscious, active, alert, uh, day-to-day routine mind to the back burner and you access these deeper files. You click on them, you give specific instructions and say go to that particular thing, that particular memory, that experience that you had 20 years ago, 30 years ago, pick it up, let's see what happened. And then we essentially go back in time and help the person to access that memory and learn to process it and deal with it and have a fresh perspective to matters that happened many years ago and help them change the way they look at it. And a lot of the times, for example, you know, in a case of a phobia, if a person has maybe had an accident with water and they kind of fell accidentally into a pool or a well or into some pond and they nearly drowned you know they would carry that you know phobic fear in their subconscious mind in their body and it's part of their muscle and body response and they don't know about it they have probably forgotten about it because they were maybe four years or five years when that happened But much later, they realize as adults that they just can't get into a pool. They can't learn swimming and they're so petrified with water. So hypnotherapy comes in very handy. You kind of take them through to that particular memory when something happened and you open that file and say, oh, so this is what happened. Let's clear that for you. And you help them to relive that, clear that bit of, you know, a fearful experience and say, it's okay. it happened a long time ago. You're all right. You can be over and done with. And you kind of, you know, help them also get a perspective from an adult point of view and allow them to ease that memory out of their body, out of their subconscious system. And lo behold, the person's phobia for water is gone. You know, this is just one of the simplest examples that I can give. So hypnotherapy becomes a very essential tool in accessing these very deep memories, which are repressed, which are so, you know, un, you know forgotten, but kind of somewhere influences you very strongly, unconsciously, even in your adult life. So that's what hypnotherapy is all about. So this can be applied for various other things, and it depends on what the issue is and uh, how complex a particular problem is. And we explore it with hypnotherapy and try and get some closure and healing through hypnotherapy yeah so that's what hypnotherapy is mostly about yeah mhm i was as, saying as, what about reiki okay now reiki is an all altogether a different uh, spiritual tool and a healing tool now this is a tool which was originally profounded by a japanese uh, spiritual master and in his meditations he came up with A particular tool which people can use by applying some symbols and it essentially works on the principle that we are all connected we are one and this entire existence is nothing but an interwoven web web of life and so therefore I and you and Sam and everybody is connected and I can connect to you telepathically at any point in time and I can put these symbols and I just kind of Put this intention that the universal healing cosmic energy is flowing into you. It's as simple as that. We kind of intend that the healing energy is flowing into you for a particular problem. And then I become a Reiki channel because I'm putting the symbols and I'm visualizing you and I'm intending that the energy reaches you. And through me as a channel, just through me as a medium, the universal life force energy, which is healing, flows into you. Because I would have you know, used the symbols which are particularly directed to healing a particular problem in you. For example, you know, if you have a headache and you just call me and you said, ma'am, can you just you know, channel some Reiki to me? All I would do is think of your face, think of you as a person, and then direct that particular universal healing energy by applying the symbols and you will receive it. And here, it's very essential that the person who's receiving it has that You know, receiving intention and receiving attitude and say, yes, I am willing to receive that energy of healing and I want to get better. And the channel is able to, you know, pass on that energy to you. So it's a very simple, again, a very beautiful tool and a very gentle spiritual healing tool that a lot of people practice and uh, experience and it's a reiki, reiki is a japanese uh, word and reiki essentially means um, you know the life force energy the miraculous divine healing energy that is channeled by the reiki practitioner yeah so now that you've mentioned two very um,
0: different ways of dealing with trauma um, could you talk about how you approach different people because not everyone is spiritually inclined but might require healing, right? So how do you figure out how to deal with different people?
2: Okay. Uh, My primary approach to any, any client's problems starts with, you know, trying to understand the person. And I spend time knowing the person and their journey, their story. And it really takes them back To their uh, childhoods. And uh, so, this is actually most part of my work is based in in inner child work, which is understanding people's childhoods. And everything else that I apply, including hypnotherapy or Reiki, and even simple counseling or a psychotherapy session with my client, it all starts and it kind of ends with understanding their story and knowing where they come from, what happened and how their childhoods were, what were the first 20 formative years were like. So whether the person is spiritual or not, it doesn't matter. So I allow them to tell their story. And um, depending on the mindset of the person, I, I use various tools, like just simple counseling and psychotherapy in some cases actually helps them. And in some, I may have to apply hypnotherapy, and I may have to take them through their history where I take them to some of these very crucial memories that I was talking to you about and help them relook and relive their difficult memories of childhood and help them to clear that. And some of them who are actually very spiritually inclined and they come with a background of some sort of healing or the other, I also sometimes apply, you know, Reiki. Or, you know, Reiki is not absolutely essential all the time. It kind of enhances and it accentuates the healing process. And it's used as a supplement, as an adjunct to my mainstream psychotherapy uh, practice. Um, and off late in the last few years, I've been doing what we call as consciousness coaching. And, um, you know, it's as I had mentioned earlier, it's about self exploration, discovering oneself. And I aid, I guide them through conversations to help them focus on their thoughts. And their beliefs so I help them I sit down with them and say let's focus on your belief systems and take them through to their core beliefs and you often realize that the core belief are very few and then that kind of you know colors their entire life and they operate very unconsciously on a few core beliefs for instance you know if somebody is carrying an extremely low self-worth it kind of you know seeps down into all areas of their life so In the interview, I try and help them to focus on how they actually feel and think and believe about themselves. So getting to the core of who they are and what they think and feel about themselves is all about the consciousness coaching. And it invariably, you know, narrows down to their inner child issue. When I say inner child, I am talking about the child part of a person. So it goes down to understanding their childhood story. What is it that they experienced when they were growing up? What are the the things that they heard, you know, when they were growing up? What were their early experiences, which shaped them? So it essentially becomes inner child work or consciousness coaching is all about inner child work and ego work, and helping them through that. And a lot of the times, people are able to connect the dots. They go back and forth from what happened to them and why they think and feel the way they do, and how that can be changed. So that's that's pretty much. Uh, how I try and incorporate everything into my sessions with uh, people. And invariably, people connect with their childhoods. There is something that's tangible, that's so relatable, and it really connects them to their soft spots. And they are more than happy to talk about it. And I think the moment they get a chance to talk about it, they're already beginning to heal. So that sounds really lovely. And can you
0: just for our viewers' sake explain a little more about what inner child is and um, what, um, you know, how our experiences in childhood can shape our future?
2: Okay. Uh, See, as I mentioned, inner child, um, the inner child is the child part of all of us. And when I say that, it's the You know, the first 18 years of your experience as a child uh, it's pretty much unconscious and unconscious what you experience and what you register and what you hold and that is something that shapes your personality and it shapes your adulthood, your adult behavior, your responses and, um, you know, it's also this aspect of being, you know, innocent, being curious, being joyful being spirited and uh, experiencing this sense of, you know, curiosity and wonderment about life. So these are all these beautiful childlike qualities that I think uh, we have when we are growing up. But somewhere along the way, because of the experiences that we have in life, and, uh, you know, we we kind of become conditioned to the socio-cultural impositions we somewhere become serious we start to kind of lose out some of these beautiful childlike qualities you kind of suppress it and you push them back and you kind of you know let it be somewhere and not express it and also being a child is being authentic and speaking your mind and feeling free enough to express your authentic creative self so that's also the child part which kind of gets hidden somewhere when you grow up, because you get so pressured by the expectations and the kind of upbringing that one has, that you don't always get an opportunity to be your creative, authentic self or the child self. So somewhere the gap kind of widens. We lose out on all these beautiful childlike qualities, unless we have had the right kind of parenting. We most, most, most of us kind of lose out on these qualities. And as an adult, we somewhere feel we reach a place or time in life where we get lost, we are not happy, we become sad or we are upset or frustrated. And somehow we kind of begin to feel something is missing. And that's when we try to kind of, you know, uh, start to seek meaning. And we start to seek, why am I feeling low? And everything seems to be happening to me. Everything's great. Everything's going great on the outside, but I am not very happy. So you tend to go back and you go inwards and you connect to this inner child part of you, which is hidden, which is buried somewhere, which has been suppressed because of society, because of the conditioning and everything. And so you go back on that journey and connect with these beautiful childlike qualities that we have lost and reclaiming that innocence, that happiness, that continuity, that high-spirited and free-spirited free self is, is the inner child work all about. And here, specifically, we use inner child work because most of us have, you know, some sort of abuse that has kind of happened, even in milder forms and milder versions of emotional abuse or, you know, verbal abuse, some sort of bullying that happens. And, you know, uh, most of us have heard criticism and judgments against us, and we grow up with this, you know, inadequate sense of self-esteem. Self-worth is kind of questionable, and we kind of hold on to beliefs that kind of limit us, which deplete us, which drain us, and we also kind of grow up wanting to please our elders, our teachers, our parents, and we kind of have this unconscious, unspoken pressure to perform in order to be cared for and in order to be loved so all of this is an inner child wounding because somewhere we have been raised in a society which expects you to perform in a certain way and you are kind of bound by socio cultural influences of your place and your country and the traditions that you live in. and all of that kind of shapes the adult that you become And we somewhere forget that that we have a very authentic self somewhere which is longing to come out. And inner child healing helps you to discover that aspect which is buried, and you connect to that free spiritedness and that authentic self which is you know longing to express itself. And uh, yeah, the inner child work journey is all about that.
1: Right. Yeah. It's actually very valued, yeah. I mean, yeah, the acceptance that you will go through something in life is something that people need to come to accept. So, um, yeah, I have another question, not related to this. So, are there any realms in spirituality that you don't agree with or believe in?
2: Um, I would say no. I would say no because there are so many things that I don't know. Uh, there's so much out there to explore and uh, I would say i'm as much as a student in in this area as as you are you know in school so it's it's a subject that is i think a lifelong um, you know, it's something that I'm going to kind of maybe explore for the rest of my life uh, because there's so much that we don't know out there either and uh, no i I'm willing to kind of, you know, learn and understand. And so far, whatever I have been able to pick up and understand and learn and have had the opportunity to, you know, share and guide uh, people with, I'm happy with that. And there are so many other things that a lot of my friends who are in this field who do, which is not my cup of tea, which is not my forte. And I feel I do not have the skills to do that. And I'm more than happy to, you know, kind of uh, seek their help or guidance when I feel that is what my client needs. So it's like also believing that there are, there are some things that I can do and I cannot, uh, but I don't have an issue with believing them and uh, not believing them.
0: Stay tuned in for the next episode with Dr. Soumya Raupi at Over A Cup.